Hello there. It's your weekly horoscope columnist, Christopher Runstrom, and I'm delighted to announce that my much-anticipated course with Astrology Hub, The Cosmic Calendar, is now open for enrollment. The Cosmic Calendar is designed to teach you how to turn your birth chart into a personal calendar, one that's uniquely aligned to your natural flow and personal seasons. You'll be able to look at the year ahead and know exactly how to plan your life. Whether you're looking to launch a business, dive back into the dating pool, or finally get around to writing that book you said you'd get around to writing one day, the Cosmic Calendar will help you to identify the best times of year to pursue your dreams. So, if you want to join me for the Cosmic Calendar, you can enroll today by going to astrologyhub.com slash cosmic calendar. That's astrologyhub.com slash cosmic calendar. It begins on March 3rd. I am so looking forward to seeing you there. We're going to have a lot of fun. Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm so happy to be here with all of you. My name is Amanda Poole-Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub, and today I am joined by our special guest, astrologer, writer, teacher, mother, mystic, mythologist, divine harmony, one of Astrology Hub's favorite astrologers. It's so great to have you here for the weekly weather. I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Before we dive in, just one very important announcement. We are now open for enrollment for Christopher Renstrom's Cosmic Calendar course. I've been talking about it a lot over the last few weeks. We are now officially open for registration. And when you hop in now, even though class doesn't start until March 3rd, you will get access to a bonus mastery class teaching from him. So you will have a little bit of time to do the mastery class and then actually take the course on March 3rd. You also could use this time between now and then to read the book. So it's the cosmic calendar and the course is based on the book, but it's going to come to life in a totally different way. So if you're interested in joining us, you can go to astrologyhub.com slash cosmic calendar. I know that Christopher would love to have you. We would love to have you go ahead and check it out. All right. So Harmony, last week we had Jen Zart on, astrologer Jen Zart, who's awesome. She said the theme for last week was press play. I don't know about all of you, but I really experienced that. She equated it to like a cassette tape though. And how when you press play, there's that little like pause before the music actually starts. And so she said, we're kind of, we were kind of in that, like it's moving forward, but like you might not be feeling the full force of the momentum yet. So what would you say the theme for this week is? Well, I would say things are definitely picking up speed now. <laughs> so um, there's a few themes for me. There's transformation, there's revelation, there's a crossroads, and then there's change. Ooh, wow. And it's, it's, things are picking up um, and we're going to see them pick up, I think, quite dramatically in the coming weeks and months, for sure. Okay, so let's start going into the transits. Why are you saying this? So you said transformation, yes. revelation, crossroads, and change. That's yes. huge. 
Yes. <laughs> well, first of all, Pluto is a dominant theme as anybody who's been paying attention to the astrology this year. Um, Venus retrograde co-joined Pluto three times, Mercury retrograde as well. At the start of this week on Monday, February 14th, we have Pluto trine the true north node. And the mean north node is actually on February 11th. And so from the 11th through the 14th, we have Pluto aspecting the nodes of destiny and karma. Pluto actually rules the south node uh, because south node's in Scorpio, the sign of Pluto. Now, the, the good news is it's a harmonious aspect. It's Pluto trine the north node, sextile the south node. And when I, you know, talk about the nodes, I just, I often will just visualize myself with my hands, with the north node in one hand and the south node in the other the north node of growth and destiny and where we're moving, the south node of the past and where we've come from. And the journey with the nodes is not to like get rid of one at the expense of the other. It's actually to learn from the past and deal with things, but also carry forward what's good from the past and have that inform the future. And then we are, you know, in the middle of the nodes, this is the present moment, <laughs> looking at the past and the future. So Pluto is giving us a glimpse into the past and the karmic tendencies and particularly the shadow of the South Node in Scorpio, which is, you know, uh, power, control, domination, fear, obsession. I call Scorpio and Pluto uh, the sign and planet that rules all the taboo topics of society. So sex, death, money, power, control, things people are afraid of. Or obsessed with and so it's like this deep dive into our fears and our obsessions and where we're being run from like lower chakra fears or obsessions and pluto's giving insight into what's there that needs to be seen transformed um maybe let go of entirely and then pluto's trining the north node and showing us the path forward but the north node you know it's not the easy growth the north node is where we're pushed out of the nest and we figure out how to fly while we're falling down. It's not the point of comfort. It's not what's easy. It's not familiar. It's the unknown. And the harmonious aspect is, is helping to make that movement into growth and evolution more harmonious and graceful and easeful. Um, but it's definitely, it's Pluto. So it's shining a light on the shadow. We open up the week like that. <laughs> and it's it's very powerful, actually. I've been kind of eyeing this as one of the big things of the year. <laughs> so we're here. <laughs> so when you say that Pluto's showing us the path forward mm -hmm. and the North Node is in Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. So what would Pluto be showing us about the path forward as it relates to Taurus? Yeah. So for me, this is all the big lead up to end of July when we have Uranus conjunct the North Node. That is one of the biggest things this year for me. And um, I call in my video on the 2022 astrology, it's free. Um, I call this year the year of change and the year of choice. And where Uranus and the North Node are, Taurus, is where a whole new energy needs to come in. The shadow of Taurus is it it's a fixed earth sign. It likes what's familiar and known and stable and secure. And that is not the energy Uranus is bringing. It's bringing upheaval and change. And so, of course, Taurus themes, money, finances, how we relate to the material world, 
how we relate to the earth and the environment and our precious natural resources, how we relate to our bodies. You know, Taurus is a very embodied, sensual sign. It's not a sign that's trying to go up and out. It's a sign that's like, hey, everything is right here in this body, on this earth. And so it can, you know, have many manifestations. I mean, obviously, uh, with money and finances and then Capricorn, Pluto's in Capricorn, there could be some big, you know, reveals or things happening on the world stage around finance and government and corporations and business. But for each of us on a personal level, it can also be like, what are we doing? What is our calling and mission? How is that evolving? How are our values changing? And it requires that we make big changes in the structure and foundations of our lives. Things that we've always done because we were told we should, or maybe it worked for a while, but it's like really a time to restructure from the ground up. And it is harmonious. Uh, we have to keep in mind <laughs> that anybody who lives in America, um, or you don't even need to for this to matter, we're heading into the first Pluto return at the end of this week on Sunday, February 20th. So this Pluto North Node alignment is actually triggering um, America's Pluto. And so we have North Node trying our Pluto um, in this country I'm a part of, but we're all interconnected. So, you know, it's not isolated to just us. And there can be a lot coming in this week around what has to change, what is no longer working, but also has gotten to the point of being toxic, stagnant, stuck, patriarchal, old paradigm. And what do we need to do, you know, to shift things? Of course, where it is in everybody's chart will be different. You know, you have to check out your house. And if you have it aspecting something personally, but that's definitely an overarching theme. And the full moon actually triggers it. There's a full moon this week on the 16th. It's a full moon in Leo, uh, 2759 Leo, I believe. And it is interestingly opposite America's, United States of America's moon at 27 Aquarius. So we've got this massive full moon triggering our moon, which represents the people in the chart. And then it leads us into the first Pluto return. And uh, this full moon is fascinating. It's a grand cross full moon. <laughs> so we've essentially got the sun opposite the moon square the nodal axis. And it's a major activation of the nodes of destiny and karma, but it's also an activation of the Pluto um, nodal aspect because Pluto will be quincunx the full moon and the full moon will be square the nodes. The aspect between Pluto and the nodes is harmonious, but the full moon's triggering it in a more intense way. And it can really bring up in a big way emotionally, um, in communities uh, and, you know, um, like groups and friendship circles and the collective, because it is Aquarius after all. Uh, the sun is opposite the moon. So the sun will be in Aquarius, the moon will be in Leo. And it's quite a fascinating full moon. <laughs> and then to, to me, I'm just like looking at this lineup, Pluto at the nodes, full moon triggering it, boom, first Pluto return for the United States. Like it's a big week for our country. And something that came in that might sound a little woo-woo, but whatever. Um, I really think it's important for people to pay attention to their dreams this week, because I know there's a lot of people out there that um, 
can dream for the collective and that can dream for the, our country. And I would pay attention to whatever messages you're getting or dreams that are coming in. There can be a lot bubbling up personally, but also for all of us. You know, I, uh, there's two really important people in my life that don't dream at night. So mm. my boyfriend, my partner, and mm. then my daughter, Sophia, and both of them say, I have visions when I'm awake. I, mm. I like dream when I'm awake. Like that's what it feels like to them. So I just want to say for those of you who don't dream, then yeah. maybe pay attention to any visions or things that come in when you're awake. Then for the, those of us who do dream, it's like really paying attention. Maybe journaling this week would be, is from what I'm hearing, could be a really great thing to do. I would, I would definitely tune in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we have all this Pluto action. You have the, the Pluto with the nodal axis. I love how you just like mapped that out. You have the Pluto with the nodal axis. Then you have the Pluto triggering the full moon, also triggering that same Pluto energy. And then you have the first of three exact Pluto return degrees for the United yeah. States, all in the same week. Which people need to tune into the Pluto panel because we did a big dive on that. <laughs> Actually, you still can tune into that. So that was the Pluto, the U.S. Pluto return webinar. It was the fate of the U.S. And that actually you can still get at astrologyhub.com slash Pluto return. It was Harmony, Rick Levine, Michael Bryan, Adam Gainsburg, all talking about the Pluto return. And it was amazing. So if you missed that, it's definitely not too late because we have the first of the three exact points of this Pluto return happening all year. So it's definitely not too late to tune in. Yeah. yeah. And I also, I have a free article on my website. It's pinned to the main page of divineharmony.com and it's called USA Pluto return transformation of a nation. Um, because in there I give a little info on dates and stuff, but this is Pluto return. Of course, there's the whole build up to it. You know, it's not like this, coming Sunday is the first we're going to see of this. We've been building towards it. But uh, this year is huge because we have Pluto return, then go retrograde, then come back, you know, and so it's like the ending of an old cycle and the beginning of a new one. And, um, and it's really the portal when you add in Eris, because she comes along even slower moving than Pluto, it's going to square natal and progress Pluto. And then America's progress Pluto moves into Aquarius, July 1st of 2050. So this portal, like from 2022 to 2050, it's like a whole Saturn cycle, is huge for America <laughs> and then the world because we're all interconnected. It's not just we're isolated. What happens in one country affects the others. You know, we're all the same body of the earth. So, And you go uh, into that in that uh, Pluto presentation. So if you want to hear yeah. more about that and the Eris impact and all that. Okay, so... What else do we have this week that we need? Well, to we have. So it's Valentine's Day for anybody who celebrates on Monday. And, you know, I was really tuning into it. like, it's so fascinating to me. Valentine's Day is when the sun is in Aquarius, you know, because it makes me think of like philia, friendship, love, um, you know, the, the love of humanity, the love of, you know, not just the, the personal love or what I want and need, but it kind of has the Aquarian Uranian energy. And then this week on, I think it's Wednesday, the February 16th, we have the first of two Venus-Mars conjunctions. And Venus and Mars are, you know, the divine lovers. And they, um, in their mythology, they're very romantic. I mean, she was actually married. Venus was married to someone else, but she was always 
with Mars. And he's seen as her divine counterpart. And Venus-Mars conjunctions seed a new cycle when it comes to relationships. And of course, yes, romance, but also fertility, creativity, because Venus is, you know, the principle of like gestation and, and birth and something fecund coming through. But Mars is like the action energy that can bring that through. So it's not just the feminine receiving you know something but it's the masculine acting on it so it can be a whole journey of our inner masculine and feminine our sacred marriage within and it can manifest externally but this is a very intense venus venus mars cycle because we have two actually venus mars conjunctions in the span of three weeks um, which we don't normally it's because venus is still slow moving she just stationed direct she's still picking up speed so she's not at her normal speed so she's not moving quicker than Mars. So she and Mars co-join this week, and then they're going to co-join again March 5th. But in between now and then, they go through the gauntlet <laughs> of Pluto and Eris. They are both going to square Eris, uh, February 25th through the 26th, I believe. And they are, yes, 25th through 26th. And they're both going to co-join Pluto March 3rd, and then they're going to move into Aquarius on March 5th, and then they're going to co-join again. And their, their second conjunction is actually at zero degrees one minute of Aquarius, like literally just got into Aquarius. So when you look at this whole picture, you see very different you know, story. It's not just, oh, great for romance and relationship. You see that we're going through some big stuff and some shadows going to be coming up and exposing power control dynamics and bringing up what's not being looked at. And for me, the shift, especially from Capricorn to Aquarius is really the shift from like patriarchy, you know, what we've always done, um, what's always endured to like the new energy, the new age. And so for me, this is very much about something shifting in relationships um, in the world, especially because this is Capricorn. The conjunction this week is in Capricorn. So that obviously can activate government, big business, corporations. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes into the news in the next few weeks. Um, and, and it also triggers the journey of America like we literally are having our Pluto and Capricorn progress into the first degree a minute of Aquarius in 2050. And the astrology these next few weeks is triggering that as we enter into our Pluto return. I mean, it's just the, the poetry of all of this and how all the threads are aligning is quite fascinating to me. It's also the next Venus-Mars conjunction will activate the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction from December 2020, that winter solstice Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius. So there's some big things um, coming up where there's a need to really focus on what needs to change. Like for me last year, you know, with all the Saturn, you're on a squares, it was really like a battle between the old and the new but this year, it's all about Uranus. There's no more battle. Like Uranus is paramount. Uranus is going to be on the North Node. One of the other aspects this week actually is Jupiter sextile Uranus. Um, the whole, and I'll talk about that in a second. The whole year opened up on January 1st with Sun trine Uranus, 
with the new moon the next day, trine Uranus. And Uranus will be on the North Node. And we have some major eclipses this year conjunct Uranus. So like change is coming. And it's really about like catching the wind of it so you can work with it. So you can set your sail to it or, you know, whatever metaphor you want to work with. Um, instead of like just get bowled over, you know, by it. So the Venus-Mars conjunctions and this journey over the next couple of weeks is fascinating. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So, yeah. So what you brought up, so Venus and Mars, these divine lovers meeting on February 16th, is that correct? On February 16th, Wednesday, yeah. And they, they align at the um, 17th, well, 16 and change Capricorn. Okay, so they meet up. Yeah. Then they go, like you said, through the gauntlet or th through some sort of initiation <laughs> together. So they're like, oh, this is so great. We're, we're, we're together. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, but this is intense. So then we have Eris and Pluto yep. coming to aspect them. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you say they're going to be going through this gauntlet, mm -hmm. what do you think the invitation of that gauntlet is? Like, what what is it asking us to pay attention to or look at? Yeah, so the invitation is to get to the foundation of things and see what's not working. You know, like I'll just, I'm going to make something up that would be a good metaphor. Let's say there's a couple and they've been together for 30 years, but they're absolutely miserable and they're not helping each other grow. And then they move through this period and it's like, what is working and what isn't? Like, can, can we transform the container of our relationship in a way that can serve our evolution and growth together? Or is it time to just, let something go. And, you know, because the Capricorn, I love Capricorn, but the shadow of Capricorn is like staying with what's always been done. And it's like, you know, Capricorn commits like 50 years ago and it never lets the commitment go. Even if like, it's so clear that that is now no longer valuable and healthy, but it's actually dragging you down. But Capricorn will be like, I said I would do it. <laughs> Just like, you know, keep going. And do, so, you think, so do you think that some of the things that people may be letting go of, if we're, we're, we're on this Capricorn theme, could be some of the structures and obligations or yeah. expectations that kind of go along with a lot of the structures yeah. that we have? So like, for example, the structure of marriage. And like mm -hmm. what it means to be married, like just what societally or culturally it means to be married. Maybe some of those things aren't working for this couple in this example anymore. Yeah. And they need to like redefine or re like get to where their values are. Like what do we mm -hmm. actually value about this union? Right. Yeah. And then create a new container or new structure based on their actual core values. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that could be a, a, like a very proactive or productive way to work with this energy for this couple, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, one of the articles that's free on my website, I wanted to mention is called a new paradigm of partnership. It's pinned to my page, my main page. And um, I wrote this in 2010 and it was totally channeled. It was not like, Oh, I'm living this right now. It was like a human as a download. But it talks about the old paradigm of partnership, which is like, you know, two beings, they meet each other. Now they own each other. They're there forever, you know, like, and it's like, whatever. And then the second paradigm was like free love. Now I don't want anything, you know, holding me back or commitments or whatever. And then the third paradigm, which is the new paradigm, 
was a fusion of the gifts of those two, like how to be deeply committed, but still support each other's freedom and growth and evolution. And, um, you know, using relationship as a crucible for your growth um, and not just going, okay, now we're together, you know, let's, let's, let's rock the boat. Let's go on autopilot. Like yes. the contract is signed. We're just like, exactly. we don't worry about it anymore. Like check the box. That's done. Yeah. So, Yes, I'm speaking from experience. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm getting. I think a lot of us could have some resonance with that. Or I, the way that I visualize it is parking on the side of the road. You know, right. it's, you were heading in a direction together, but then you pulled over and you just parked, and it's like, okay, right, right now what? Like, where is the aliveness? Where is the where is the juiciness and the and the passion still? And I love what you're saying because most of the time it is in honoring the individual expression of each person in the union so that mm -hmm. they can stay passionate and alive and 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 then can the union itself actually be better off you know yeah. better off for each person feeling um like they are, have the freedom to be who they are and pursue what they would like to pursue yeah right? okay that's so you very, that's aquarius you yeah know? so you're saying this is basically we're going to go through this gauntlet and a lot of these questions and these are really deep foundational and i'm sure they carry a lot of fear for people capricorn right like yeah. the fear of like well what would that mean you know what would that mean if we let go of the way we've always done things or it, what would it mean if 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 this relationship was harder to define or like our society wouldn't get what we're doing you know there's yep. all those things that capricorn's always very concerned about you know how yep. would this appear to others right yeah yeah. And I mean, and then, you know, this isn't just about relationship. This can be about your career and the work you're doing. Like, are you let's I'm going to make up another example. Let's say somebody is a lawyer and has, you know, works in law, but they're not liking these these structures and these archaic ways of doing things. But this is definitely their gift and what they're good at. But is there a way to infuse something new to help contribute because the collective change that's happening, it's going to happen on all levels. It's going to happen in medicine and and education and like, you know, everywhere is, is going to permeate everything. And so we each have our piece of contributing to that. Mm -hmm. And so it can be about your work and what you're doing. It can be about um, your values and what's important to you and how they're evolving and changing. You know, the way that I look at it, is that like the Capricorn part of your chart is going to go through some intensity, but it has been. So this isn't new. Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008. And especially this last like four months with all the Venus conjunct Pluto three times and, you know, Mercury as well. It's not like new territory what's coming up, but it's the next level layer of what's excavated. But the Aquarius part of your chart is where something new is massively trying to anchor. And it's it's like this um, crossing a threshold or something is kind of like the visual I get um, between these two signs and, and this portal we're moving through the next wow. few weeks. Fascinating. It's very so powerful. If, yeah. So if you really want to, if you really want to understand it and also embody it and really feel it, it'd be, it seems like it would be a good idea to really dive into what Capricorn is and like what it has represented for you and your life. Like what are those Capricornian sort of structures and values that you have mm -hmm. and what would it look like to transform 
into more of an Aquarian approach in those areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Jeez, Harmony, you chose a good week to come on the weekly weather. You know what? We were supposed to do this a different week and it got rescheduled. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is a great week. (laughs) I didn't get to choose. Yes. Yeah. What else do we have? Jupiter is sextile Uranus on um, the 17th on Thursday. And, you know, this is amazing. I mean, Jupiter and Pisces, I personally love because I'm Pisces moon and rising and I'm like so much water in my chart. So I'm happy as a clam with these transits. But Jupiter and Pisces is amazing for expansion and growth through spirituality and mysticism and, you know, dream work and intuitive psychic studies and occult mystery studies And Uranus, you know, he's the rebel and revolutionary. I mean, Jupiter Uranus is great for new inspirations, innovation, new ideas that come in, that especially can come in through the dream time and through intuition and vision if you have daydreams and visions. So pay attention because this, this, you know, area is very fertile. And so it can be a great time for like, all of a sudden, you know, a download comes in, you're like, oh, I have to do this. And then Uranus is in Taurus, so we practically apply it. We bring it down and in. You know, it's not just, oh, I have this massive, amazing vision, but it's like up there and, you know, outer space. It's like, bring it down and in, make it happen. And it can be innovative. It can be different. It can be, you know, radical, but it is a harmonious aspect and it's supported, you know, and of course, where it is in your chart will be showing different things. But having that also, I mean, this is one of the transits that I highlighted as why it's a theme of Uranus this year. I call it the year of Uranus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this would be one of them. It's, you know, it's a milder one. It's a more harmonious one. Uranus conjunct the North Node and the eclipses are definitely more intense. So we have that. And then we have the sun moving into Pisces on the 18th on Friday. And so, you know, the sun's upcoming monthly journey through the sign of the fishes the waters of the unconscious. I mean, it just doubles down, honestly, on the dream time and the the intuitive, psychic, spiritual, um, also creative. You know, Pisces is um, the creativity that comes through Pisces is inspired. Like it's not, it's not, Pisces is not a sign that goes, oh, this was my creation. You know, it doesn't have like, it's just like I opened up and it came through, you know, that's the Pisces energy. And so that's a good thing to tap into because when our egos are directing things, we're never going to see the whole picture. We're going to think we know, but we don't see the whole thing. We're like a horse with blinders on only seeing what we want. But when we open up and surrender, which is what Pisces knows how to do so well, we really allow the universal flow to take us. And it's amazing where we might find ourselves if we actually surrender and allow that to happen. And of course, it is about a balance, you know, too much surrender without like grounding or having intentions or having healthy boundaries can be problematic. But the gifts of Pisces are especially enhanced now that Jupiter and Neptune and the two rulers are there. I like what you say too about the Taurus North Node allowing us to actually make these dreams and visions and downloads, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. actually make them real, you know, make them tangible. So it's not just like, I have this great, brilliant idea that's never going to happen. 
It's like, you know, I have this great, brilliant idea that I'm, I, I have energy behind me to actually create and actually mm -hmm. make it real. Yeah. Right? And break it down into logical steps of what right. that means. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, Okay. And, and stay open too. You know, like when I when I have new downloads for classes, I get the structure of the class, but I don't have like every little detail. I write the structure out, and then it come the details come in. So you know, you don't have to. That can be one place where people get stuck when they have new ideas, but then it's like, I need to have it all figured out how this is going to play out, and it's like, no, 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 no. All you need to do is like be open to what comes in, you know, get some structure to it and just take one step at a time, you know, and it'll lead you. The universe will lead you, especially when it's inspired. If you've been inspired, you're being guided by some force that is much larger than you. So you just need to get out of your own way and let the universe work through you. Mm, God, that, that's a perfect meme right there. Exactly what you just said. Like, can we quote that team? That is so good and so, so true. And that happens too for me. I'll get the, the structure of the idea, the outline, the, the point of it, you know, the mm -hmm. vision behind it. And then as things proceed, it's like, oh, okay. And this is how it's going to come to life. And actually other people often have pieces of that. So yes. I'll say, okay, here's the, here's like the structure that downloaded and then other people will start contributing to that vision. And then it's like, oh my God, this is even better than I could have ever imagined. How yeah. that? Yes. And it takes, it takes a lot of trust in yourself and in the universe, you know, to, to allow that space to come forward. But it's, I mean, when you do, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know? Okay. So this yeah. is uh, so much good stuff. Anything else for the week? That we need to uh, well, then the USA first Pluto return is on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> That's quite large. <laughs> and let me see this. So you mentioned um, this Jupiter sextile Uranus and and these dreams and, and visions and things coming in. How long is that period of time that you think will be affected by this aspect? Yeah, there's only one of these because Jupiter oh. doesn't backtrack and link again. So really the whole, what is today? Uh, the whole month of February, you know, you can feel it a few weeks after, a few weeks before, but it's building okay. now as we're recording this and then this week. Um, and likely, I'm, you know, if you're really intuitive and you pay attention, you probably already see where this is coming in for you, you yes. know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Anything else you want to say before I do a summary? Um, I think that was everything for like the major events. I mean, it's kind of a big week. It's a week. Okay. So we yeah. have um, the themes of transformation, revelation, crossroads, and change. And so we have um, Pluto aspecting the nodes of destiny. Mm -hmm. so these are like choices that people are making right now are going to be destiny moments, like impacting the mm -hmm. future in a yeah. significant way. You could make a decision to move into a, an unknown future and evolve, or you could make a decision to still stay stuck in the karma. I mean, it, there wow. is choice, wow. you know. There's a current taking us, but it's not going to force us all into the direction of growth. Some of us might not want to. So well, I think this astrology hub community is probably going to be the ones that yeah, are well, for the most part, anybody interested in astrology is, you know, is paying attention to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and seeing the opportunity. I love that because you're pointing out that there's an actual opportunity. You said the, the winds of change are like, mm -hmm. are there, we can either let that, let ourselves catch wind and like, let it move us into mm -hmm. change that 
will bring entirely new territory into our lives or decide to stay stuck and small and where we've been, which like you're saying, this is going to be where a lot of our karma is like a lot of the things that we're sort of rehashing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, seems like a pretty, it's scary to make those choices, especially when they're big changes, but yeah, we're, we're supported in those. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you said that Taurus is pointing the way forward for us. And there's a lot of questions you brought in about what is our calling and mission? So like mm -hmm. what is your calling and mission? How are your values changing? Like your mm -hmm. real core fundamental values? And then what changes in the structures of your life can you be making? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, we have the America's Pluto return. Go check out that Pluto return webinar. Astrology up.com slash Pluto return. It was like two and a half hours. It was a panel discussion. Each astrologer presented uh, a piece of like a 15 minute, like download on the Pluto return. And then we had a panel discussion. It was super amazing. I love it was that. fun. It was really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's um, astrology slash Pluto return. All right. So then we have uh, so around themes around that are what has to change mm -hmm. for the United States, what isn't working, mm -hmm. what's stuck. And I love what you bring in later that each of us in all these sectors of, of life mm -hmm. have a role to play in that. Mm -hmm. So there's there's all the different things that we're doing. Everything from its very core is is being asked to shift. So yeah. whatever work you do, whatever projects you do, whatever dreams, whatever things you want to do. It's, it's kind of, how can we do this differently? How mm -hmm. can we do this differently than it's always been done in a way that is more serving of life in a way that is more serving of whatever the thing is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we have the full moon on the 16th in Leo. This is also opposite the United States moon. This is also a grand cross full moon. So oh, a really powerful one. Very, very mm -hmm. activated, um, lots of power in this full moon, lots of emotion, lots of change again. Lots of revelation too, you know, about where are we stuck? Yes. <laughs> and you brought up um, making changes in community and groups as well. Well, part of that is because of the activation of the United States moon, which is in Aquarius, which is about friendship and community. But the axis of the moon itself, full moon is Leo Aquarius. So Leo, you know, is me shining my creativity what i love and aquarius is we community connection um collaboration you know the sun ruling uh leo and ruling this full moon is about me being at the center of my own little orbit but uranus is the first of the invisible planets the first past saturn that you can't see with the naked eye it's going past out into you know outer space there's other worlds there's other dimensions it's not just me and so the axis of these two is really how do we balance me and we different than aries libra aries libra is you know self and other or me and we in usually more like romantic relationship. Um, whereas Leo and Aquarius is, has a lot to do with how we show up and participate in the collective. What I think is so interesting is the previous conversation we had about the Venus Mars energy and relationships and how it seems like the two are playing together. Like, yeah. you know, some of the themes of Leo Aquarius and some of the things we, we talked about with the Venus Mars and Pluto and Eris, it's like, there's all these themes of, you know, how do we be free and sovereign within a relationship, within a community, within a group, 
and still serve the whole of what that thing is, whether it's a personal relationship or a company or a community. It's, it's this, these themes. Yeah. Yes. And part of that actually brings, you know, brings up one of the divine laws of polarity. So there's polarity, there's me and we, there's self and ever, there's give and take, there's independence and interconnection and many other opposites, you know, and, and then the journey is how do we bring them together into union so that they both can be in their fullness and work together instead of like, you know, battling it out. And that Venus-Mars conjunction is literally the union of, you know, seemingly opposite principles. And out of that is created great romance or a divine child if they give birth or, you know, metaphorically or literally. So, you know, I, I personally feel like some of the best work we can all do on ourselves is really working on our own polarities, our mm -hmm. own like parts of self that are so seemingly opposite and battling each other because as we find that inner union which is I tend to work with Venus Mars conjunctions on a very like archetypal inner union that sacred marriage of divine masculine and feminine because sometimes I notice in astrology it's like oh it's great for romance you're going to meet someone it, like it immediately just gets externalized you know and it's like looking outside for something and it's like uh, the, some of the richest territory can be inside that actually sets the foundation for something external to mirror what has been birthed within. So mm. beautiful. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then we have um, paying attention to dreams, how this Venus Mars conjunction, I think that's what you were talking about is seeding a new cycle when it comes to romance, creativity, fertility. It's a short cycle because then it does another one, which is, this isn't usual. We don't usually have another one less than three weeks later. Mm. So that's why it's almost like there's, I see the first conjunction this week as like the beginning of the end of mm. an old way of doing things. It is a new cycle, but it's a new cycle of the last, you know, chapter of something. And then the next one is actually the new cycle especially being in a whole new sign in the first minute of the sign. <laughs> yeah. And that's the one that starts on the 20th, March 20th, right? No, that's on um, March uh, 5th. March 5th. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. And then we have, uh, then we have another new cycle that's starting. That's going to go until 2050. Yeah. Well, we yeah, have... that's, that's Pluto. <laughs> that's Pluto. For America, yeah. Okay. In, yeah. For America, we're having Pluto return uh, this year, but then with the progressed Pluto, it goes through 2024 and then we get a little pause and from 2033 to 48, Eris, who's very slower than Pluto, comes along and squares natal and progressed Pluto for uh, 15 years. <laughs> and then July 1st, 2050, we have our progressed Pluto moving out of Capricorn, out of the shadow of patriarchy and the old ways of staying stuck in patterns and da 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 da, moving into Aquarius. You know, like that's a huge shift. And that sounds it's so far away, Harmony. <laughs> I know, but it's like, almost 30 years. What? But it's like a you think to your first Saturn return, right? Because we haven't hit our second one yet. Like there's a whole level of maturing that happens from the birth to 30. You know, like I actually personally feel like I wasn't really who I was until after Saturn return. Like it's just like all this learning and like you know, making mistakes and figuring things out. And then it's like pops you out of the Saturn return portal. And it's like the time of 
I call it the time of astrological growing up. And um, so it's like, I see it as like the Saturn cycle of maturing as we're, because it is going to be the first 30 years of the new Pluto cycle, right? So when you look at it in a big way, that's, that's like a chunk of the upcoming Pluto cycle. I, you know, we don't, to be honest, want it all happening at once because guess what happens when that happens? Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Yes. Unfolding with grace and ease. Yes. 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 Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that thought. <laughs> I love how you're calling this the year of Uranus, which is basically like the year of change, innovation, creativity, new, newness. And the year of choice. I'm year. calling it also that it's the, because the, when you add up 20, um, 2022, it's the six, it's the tarot card, uh, the lover's card, mm-hmm. which is the Gemini card. And yeah, everybody thinks lover's card means romance, but it also means like choices. Like we could do this or we could do that. We could go here or we could go there. You know, think back to ancient Atlantis. There was a moment a choice was made and a direction was headed into. And there was a moment there was no way of turning back from that choice. I feel like this year is a big year for that. Like we need to choose with intention and consciousness and awareness and you know, we need to, um, and also Uranus and Taurus, I wrote an article about it back in when it first moved in 2018, I called it a revolution of embodiment because Taurus, the shadow of Uranus and Taurus is wanting to escape the body, wanting to go up and out. Um, but the fullness of Uranus and Taurus is bringing that awakening that like, you know, illumination activation of Uranus down and in like into the body like it's a radical act to fully be here now i mean that was ram Dass's line by the way but you know it is it's a radical act to not check out to not like you know when things are coming up just get on your phone and scroll through instagram for an hour which i understand i've done and i do sometimes like but i'm working on bringing awareness to oh i'm using this to check out okay let's check back in and you know and then even be conscious of when you're checking out. It's like, yep, I'm checking out and I'm going to let myself right now. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not about beating yourself up. It's just about becoming more aware of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yes. Great reminders. Uh, all right. And then we have the sun mo- moving into Pisces on Friday, the 18th, doubling yep. down on inspired creativity, open up and surrender to ideas that are coming through. Dream- Everything's especially enhanced when it comes to sort of those mystical, spiritual, divine connection sort of things. And that this is an opportunity to also take it and break it down into logical steps. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take those visions and break them into what's next. Okay. Then what's next, then what's next. Uh, And that's, and then Sunday we have the Pluto return. So this is a huge week, (laughs) lots of different things that we're going to be working with in terms of intensity on a scale of one to 10. Um, I would say, I mean, it's you, I have to look at it in, in, like for the Pluto return, it's going to be building from here, you know, so I'm not going to put it at a 10 yet, but like, it's, it's going, I would say because of the Venus Mars conjunction and then heading into the gauntlet with Pluto and Eris, it's also something that's building. Like I like that theme from last year or last week you said press play, right. but now it's like, 
we're picking up speed. It, the, the play has already happened. And now it's like, we're going to see things. Plus keep in mind, we have all the planets direct for yeah. 84 days until end of April, which yeah. is highly unusual for this long period of time for everything yeah. to be in direct motion. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say intensity. I mean, if I had to overall it, I would say maybe five, but it's like picking up. Right. Okay. So we're still doing that thing. So we're still like picking up speed and, and several of these transits are leading towards peaks of intensity, but we're sort of yeah. at like the bottom of the wave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Harmony, thank you. This has been so much fun. I always, yeah. always love connecting with you and I love you in this format. This is really fun. And yeah. just to all of you who are sort of new to the way we're doing the weekly weather now, we are showcasing different astrologers each week. The idea is to eventually land on kind of like a core group of astrologers that we do the weekly weather with and then have cameos from different astrologers that might not be part of that core group. So if you um, have loved Harmony, then please let us know. We're also going to send out a survey at some point. So and then you can just vote for the ones that you're like, I want to see this person as much as possible. So that will be coming. Um, but Harmony, this has been so much fun to be here with you. Thank you. And uh, let's see. So a couple things that we talked about is that the Pluto return webinar and then also Christopher Renstrom's cosmic calendar, which is open for registration now. And that's astrologyhub.com slash cosmic calendar. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Thank you, as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. And thank you, Harmony.